Okay, Dav Samach, continuing the Gemara about the Mishnah, about Dine Eish. So the Mishnah said at the end of the Mishnah, we're talking about who brings, there's actually three components to a fire. There's the wood, there's the fire, and then there's some sort of wind, something which blows and makes it go. So the Mishnah, at the beginning, the Rish of the Mishnah, the middle part of the Mishnah, talked about if one person brought the fire, one person brings the, the kindling, the him. so whoever comes second, that's going to be the person that's going to be responsible, because he's the one who actually got it going. Then we talk about the last, the second to last case of the Mishnah, is Bo'acher Veliba HaMelabechayev. So if the per, one person brought the fire, one person brought the wood, but that wasn't enough to make it catch, and then someone else came and was Melabe, what we call Melabe, we'll see what that word is right now in the Gemara. So then we're going to say that that person who's Melabe, is going to be the person that is chayv. Says the Gemara on top. Going in that part. Apparently, the two girsas that were makubal in this Mishnah, one with a lamid and one with a nun, both referring to someone blowing wind onto this fire and this wood together. But, and they both could be correct. The Pasuk says, So you see a fire is referred to as a liba, a fire, and that's probably going to have wind associated with it. So that liba can make sense. Because then it's not referring to the fire. Rather, it's referring to We see the word niba is referring to lips, and obviously you blow wind when you're trying to light a fire with your lips, and therefore that also could be referring to someone making wind associated with the fire. So either girsa is fine. Now, halacha issue, technical issue. Then we get to the last halacha of the mission, which is tricky. The last halacha of the mission said, libsa haruach kulan peturin. Okay, so it said, if one person brings the fire, one person brings the eitzim, one person even blows on it, and then a wind comes and gets it going, everybody else's potter, and the owner of the wind, right, he's the one who's responsible now for the fire. What's going on over here? We discussed yesterday, Taisus discusses whether we're talking about a Ruach Metsuya, a Ruach She'ena Metsuya, but some of it's going to be based on how this Gemara understands what this Haloch is. Tanarbon. Liba v'libsa ruach. So if you're blowing on the fire, and you need the wind, without wind there's no fire at all, so the Eitzim's not chayef, the Eishah's not chayef, but you blow on it, and the wind blows on it, so the Bryce says, Im If your blowing would have gotten it going by itself, the fact that the wind helped doesn't matter. But in love, if you by yourself would not have been able to get the fire going, and you needed the help of the wind, then you're going to be pot. Says my mind. Why? We have a classic halacha. We have a halacha by Hilchah Shabbos. One of them, halachas by Shabbos. Lama Tesvacha Zoreh. Zoreh is winnowing. Where you take the kernels of wheat after they've been banged up a little bit, you throw them up in the air, the heavy kernels fall to the ground, and the wind, the regular wind, even Ruch Matsuya, blows the chaff, what we call, away from there. And therefore, that's one of the stages of separating the chaff from the kernel. Okay, now you didn't do anything. You just threw it up in the air and it landed on the ground. The wind came and blew it away. What did you do? You didn't do anything. The Torah says, one because the person can be misa for doing such a pa'ula. So you see, when you do a pa'ula that's together with the wind, by Hilcha Shabbos, you're going to be chayv. So here also, if I blow and the wind blows with me on the fire, once the Torah is mechadish and I'm chayv for fire, so I should be chayv also. Now, as Tyson pointed out yesterday, over here is a little bit different than a normal classical case, a fire moving. Over here we're talking about creating the fire. And Tyson said it could be even by a, by, by a ruach metsuya, the Mishnah is saying, your potter, because you're using the wind to create the fire. That's a different story than when you have a fire, the wind makes it move. Fine, very nice. But Lamaisa, we're saying in the, in the Brisa, and it's really hinted to in the Mishnah, 
that if you on your own would not be able to create the fire and the wind helped you, you're potter. By Zorah, we see it's not the case. You can't do Zorah without wind. And yet when you do it with wind, you're going to be chayv in Hilchah Shabbos. What's the difference between that and this? That's what I was trying to explain. So the Fugimara is going to say four terutzim. The first three terutzim really say there is no difference. But we're talking about specific cases. So I'm going to buy We're talking about you're blowing on the left side and the wind's blowing on the right side. And what actually got it going was the wind blowing on the, on the other side of it. And therefore, the wind did it on its own without your help. So then it's a little bit hard to read the Brysa now. So what does the Brysa mean? If the wind was on the side that you blow it together, then you're going to be chayev. Vimlav, if the wind was on a different side where you're blowing, and therefore yours, yours on its own did not get going, it's the wind that got going, then you're going to be putter. It's not clear exactly what the chiddush is there, but at least Abaya says we can make a case. But according to Abaya, if you and the wind blow together, just like by Zorei chayev, by fire you would be chayev as well by Helkas Mas. If it was you blowing with a Ruach Metsuya and it got it going, then in Echanami you would be responsible. But if it's you going and a Ruach Metsuya would not have been enough with your help to make it going only if it was you and the Ruach She'en Metsuya, which you don't have to expect. So like we always said, by fire you're put by Ruach She'en Metsuya, especially here when you're just starting the fire. And therefore, in Echram, you're going to be potter. So if another case where really you would be chayiv, over here it's a ruach shenim etzui, you see a potter. Rashi says, samat tzimuri means when you're just blowing hot air on your hands. So that's not even considered blowing, Rashi says. You're not doing anything. You're just doing a little bit of air on your hands. That's not even considered blowing. So then again, you read the b'risa. If you blew a regular blowing of air and the wind helped out, then in Echrami you would be chayv. Over here, you weren't even doing a blowing. It's not even considered what you did as anything. And therefore, it's not even considered ruach. And therefore, you're going to be potter. But in Echrami, according to these first three terutsim, regular blowing of a human being with a regular wind would together be chayv. Ravashi Yamar, Ravashi says, no, 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 you misunderstood everything that's going on here. Ravashi Yamar, Arki Amrin, and Zorah of Ruach Masayate, when we say Yechayev Zorah, winnowing, on Hilchah Shabbos, Hani Milenian Shabbos, that's not Allah in Hilchah Nizokin, that's Allah in Hilchah Shabbos, the Malachas Machshabbos Aswatayra, over there, the way Rashi explains this here, Rashi says, is because by Shabbos, the Iker is not the activity, Iker is the Totsa'ah, the outcome. And the outcome is you threw it in a way because you wanted the wind to come to blow it. So in Echrami, you're going to be chayev for that. By, by Dinei Nizakin, we have a din called Grama. The Grama Nizakin is potter. And therefore, you're going to be potter over here. If you only did half of the activity, it's only considered to be a Grama. Now, two points. First of all, Tesis points out that you're going to have something very strange. What about if two people blow a fire? Each one of them would not be able to do it on its own. But together, each one of their blowings together... When they each were half, then you're going to make a proper fire. Would you be chayv or potter? It's mashra from this gemara. You'd be potter. Now we had earlier by the case of bar. Then in chadamu we said if two people dig out that last tenth together, you're going to be chayv, and they split the difference. So Taisus points out it's a little bit strange over here that such a lachah be true. This is mechlekes to be shared whether Taisus halacha is not correct or not. Another point to point out here is we definitely know by hilchas shabbos grammar is potter as well. Morning Shabbos clearly says, Gram Kibui is Potter. All of Machon Somat is built on the idea that Grama is Potter. So everybody has to agree there's a concept called Grama by Shabbos. Before I should say, by Shabbos, it depends if it happens at the same time or not. If you do something that happens at the same time as the activity, then you're going to be Chayv because of Malach Mach Shabbos. But if it happens afterwards, not that they're doing corrected, that's when we can say, again, that's just the way Rashi would say, slightly different shot in this Gemara. But the first three Turutsim over here are saying, Enechanami. 
Gzikin and Shabbos are the same, and if you do it with a regular wind, with a regular person blowing, you would be Chayev. Reb Zerah is being Mechadish over here, I'm sorry, if Ashi is being Mechadish, that no, Hilchas Shabbos and Hilchas Hezek are different. Hilchas Shabbos, I care about the Taitzah. Other Rafash say, I just want to throw in this book, it's a very important point, uh, uh, easy place to understand. By Zora, by Shabbos, there's no way to do Zora without wind. It's the definition of Zora is wind. That's the way Taitzah explains it in other places. Whereas if I were here, you can make a fire without the wind. So it could be slightly different. Okay, whatever shot you want to say, what the Gemara is saying, but the Gemara is being Mechalik between Dine Shabbos and Medina and Dine Hezek. Says the Mishnah. If someone sends a fire, lights a fire, and it goes and damages, wood, rocks, or dirt, or, or, or anything like that, whatever it burns, you're going to be chayiv. It's interesting pasuk. The pasuk says, The pasuk says a strange pasuk. lists everything that a fire would burn. Why do we need all these different things to be listed in the Pasuk? We'll discuss it. But you see from that Pasuk, whatever it burns, you're going to be chayev, whether it burns the kama, which is the crops that's growing, or the sada itself, the ground itself, etzim, avanim, not etzim, then you're going to be chayev. What do we need all these different things listed in the Pasuk? We need each one. Now remember, Aish is a very different type of Hezek than everything else we've been discussing. Right? By an animal that damages, it's Mamani Amazik. By when a person damages, your Chayv, you did the damage. By Aish, you weren't even there when the damage happened. You lit something over here, the wind blew it, it went somewhere else. Maybe you lit it even in your Chatzar, it blew to someone else's Chatzar. Aish is a very different type of Hezek, which you not necessarily would know your Chayv at all. Torah's Mechadish, that, you know, your Chayv for Aish. But the question is, what type of damage did it do that you're going to be chayev for? So he says, If the Torah says you chayev when it burns something which is very easily burned and meant to be burned, fire normally burns kaitzim, and that's something that's normally set aside for burning, and it makes sense that when you lit a fire, you should take into consideration that this type of thing could burn very easily, and therefore you're considered a pashay in your chayev. Of a gadish, when it burns actually a field, of wheat or a field of barley or something like that. It's not something that's normally burnt. And that's not something that you would expect necessarily would burn, or maybe it's not something you would expect the fire would get to at all. Maybe that from that aspect you're considered Inus. And it's not your fault. And maybe there the Torah would say you're potter. So therefore the Torah says, no, you're going to be chayv both on Kaitzim and on Gadish. Because Rahman Gadish, if it said the opposite, if it just said if it burns the field, Jakhaev, meaning the crops in the field, haven't made a Gadish Khaiv Achmanushum the Hefsimaruba. That's a tremendous loss. You burn down the guy's whole wheat crops. Avokitsin, which are just little kindlings, little tiny twigs, the Hefsin Muad, maybe that's just a small thing. The Torah is not Mechaev. You remember it's a Kiddish at Jakhaev. So maybe the Torah only makes you responsible because he doesn't want the person to have a Hefsid, the Nizik. But over here, where it's just a small Hefsid, maybe not. Kamashwan Yachaev both ways. Okay, so that's the first two words in the puzzle. So Kamalamali, why does the Torah have to say Chayev for the crop that is growing tall, tall crops? Ah, this is the passage that teaches me the halacha we've been learning of Tamun Ba'esh as Potter, something which is covered over in a field. Again, we discussed the different natures of, of Tamun. You're going to be Potter. Because it says Kama. Kama is something tall that you could see, as opposed to something Tamun which is covered over. 
Or the Behuda Behuda says that you know such patur of Tamu, and he says Yechayev, so Kama Lamali. What does he do with the word Kama? The rabbis call Balei Koima. That not only are you Chayev for wood, or not only are you Chayev for crops, you're even Chayev for animals, and you're even Chayev for live things like a tree, or a big strong tree, things which are Balei Koma, things which stand up tall, even those things, now obviously an animal or a person we discussed should be Chayev as a, as a Ritzach, is only when the thing is tied up. If it should have run away, and it doesn't run away, that we discussed, that would be a different halach. V'rabbanan, if they use kama for teaching me tamun, so how do they know balei chayim? V'rabbanan, kol balei kayim aminalu, nafka mi oi hakama. The Pesach says, v'nechal godesh oi hakama. What's the extra oi, the aleph vav? That teaches me the second halach. Yibihuda, aimi bailei lechalik. Yibihuda says, you need the oi, as we discussed earlier, because maybe the Torah is telling you chayim only if you burn all these things together. If you don't burn them all, you're not. So you need the how do they know that you have on each one individually? Because it actually says the word oi twice in the Pasuk. It says oi hakama, oi So two things are there. One to teach you balei kaima, one to teach me lechalik, that you have on each thing individually. The Behuda says, you don't touch them both. I did a kasrachmana oi hakama, which is teaching me that alacha, kasrachmana oi hasada. So therefore it says an extra oi, one is lechalik and one is just, so it should be uh, congruent in the Pasuk. Says the Gemara Sadalam. So now we know why it says Godish. We know why it says Kaitzim. We know why it says Koma. Why does it say Sadah? That if you burn ground itself, when it says Sada, it doesn't mean things growing in the Sada. That means the ground itself. If you burn the ground itself, or rocks, or someone did Harisha over there, and the fire ruined the Harisha, you're going to be Chayv on that. Even though it's not physically ruined, but it ruined it and lost its value somewhat, you're going to be Chayv on that as well. Says Moshe, the opposite. Just say Sada. If that's the biggest chiddush, Tzricha. The Kotzachman Sada. If it just said Sada, have I mean a mashup of Sada in Midiachvin Eloi? That's referring to that which grows in the Sada, but the ground of the Sada, you would not necessarily know that you're Chayev. So Kamashwan. Therefore, it says off all these things. Animals. Animals as well. Come on. Amar Rishon Ben Nachman Eir So now we're going to switch. You get a, everybody's earned it after sixty daf. You get a little bit of a gadot. But when that happens and there's a klali midas hadin, then the actual punishment actually starts from the best people, unfortunately. What does it burn? Kaitzim. Kaitzim means Rishayim. Kaitzim is a, is a kinui for Rishayim. Emes ayasa eish, bezman she kaitzim etzuyela, when there's Rishayim in the world. But, v'enim atcheles eleman atzadikim. But the first person that Kosh does me this adinan is atzadikim. Tchila, shenema v'nechal godish. Godish is something growing that's flowering, it's nice. That's referring to tzadikim. And what does it say? V'ochal godish shenema. If you read in the Pesach, it should have said, kisei tzayich umotza kaitzim. V'ochal godish. And now it goes and burns a godish. But then it says v'nechal. Nechal is mashma. Already! Burnt a godish. So when there's kaitzim, then the fire could start, and then keilu it already burns the godish first, which is a semel for the tzaddik. Tony Rav Yosef, my dechsim. What's beyond the pasuk? It says the atem loiseitu ishvi pesach beisay adabayka. Shpochu says I'm going to come do makas pacharis to the mitzrayim, and the Jews should stay in their house. 
Why? Well, what do the Jews do wrong? What, what do they have to be worried about Makas Becharis for? So he says, Chivin Shanitim Rishos the Mashchis. Once there's a din of Midas Hadin, and a Mavchim Ben Tzadikim the Rishoyim, then Achas V'Shalom, someone else could be Chayev, and maybe there was Midas Hadin protecting him. Now that there's Midas Hadin Shalit in the world, it could affect everybody. V'loyoid, maybe I see the same point. Alamashamatchil Men Tzadikim Tchil. It starts by the Tzadikim Shenemar. V'chreitim Imchot Tzadik V'Rosh. The Tzadik first. So the Midas Hadin starts from the Tzadik. So Bachir of Yosef, and Yosef said this, Joshua of Yosef cried, said, we're, we're such tzaddikim, and we're going to be destroyed by Amida Sadin that came because of the Shayim. What's the point? I'm going to have bias, Abayah of Yosef's Talmud said, no, Rebbe, Tivusu Lugabayu. It's actually, it's not a bad thing that the tzaddik gets Nesaf over here. It's actually a good thing. Before the raw comes, the tzaddik gets killed. Rashi says, It's a Rachmanus on some level on the tzaddik that he shouldn't see all the pranias that's about to happen. When a person is traveling, at least in those days, when it was dangerous to travel at night uh, from physical harm and from azikin, etc., you should only travel during the day. So you should get to the hotel before nightfall and don't leave the hotel in the morning until it's daybreak. Because at night is the time of the mashkas. Dever Beir. Okay, this is things we, we, we are now familiar with. Maybe a few years ago we didn't understand this Gemara. Now finally we understand what this Gemara is referring to. Dever Beir, if there's a plague, right? It's a virus, or whatever it is. So it doesn't say to get vaccinated. It says, So you should go inside to your house, lock the door, and stay in quarantine and be dude. So you don't get exposed. That's the Pusik says. Go lock yourself in your room. Another Pusik says, the Pusik says, in Yeshaya, Leichami, Bochadarechu, Skodlo, Sechabadecha. Go into your rooms, lock the doors, lock the windows, and stay there. Viemer, we have a third Pusik. The Pusik says in Hazinu, Michutz Teshachel Cherev, outside is, uh, is, is danger from a war, from swords. Umichadarim, Ema, you should go into your room, even though it's scary in your room as well, but that's where you should go to protect yourself. So you see, three times in the Psukim, the idea when something is dangerous or scary outside, you should go lock yourself inside. My Viemer, why do we need three that's only during at night. At night. Maybe during the day, you don't have to lock yourself up. We bring the Pasuk in Yeshaya. No matter what, day or night, if there's a danger outside, if there's war, if there's virus, etc., lock yourself inside. <coughs> going to the Mamad. That's only if going inside is going to help you so much. If you're going to be just as afraid inside as it is outside, then maybe it's better to stay outside. We have a bigger group of people. Maybe everyone should gather together in the town square. If you're going to be just as dangerous inside as outside, so maybe just gather in the town square, being with people will cheer you up. So still, you should go to your chema, even though it's scary inside, you should still better off inside. Even though it's scary inside, still better to bear, better to be inside than outside. Rava Bidan Riska, when there was a, uh, some kind of anger in the world, Midas Adin, some danger, of virus, illness, have a kavi, he would close the windows. The, the virus came through the windows. He would close the windows. Don't say about masks over here. Right? But closing windows and stuff like that, that he would do. Rav Be'ir, however, if it's not an illness and it's not war, there's just no food to eat, then the opposite. 
Then don't go inside. What's it going to help you inside? There's nothing to eat. Then you've got to leave town. Go leave town to go find somewhere with this food. So you went to Mitzrayim to find food. You've got to go. Another Pasuk says, Pasuk says in Malachim base, this is by the former Tzoraim. They were outside the city and they had nothing to eat. And they said, what should we do? If we go back to the city, outside here we have no food. To go back to the city, we have no food. And therefore, they said, we have to move somewhere. They went to find the Goyim. Turns out that that was the Kashpoch who made the nace, and all the Goyim were gone, and they had plenty of food to eat. My grammar, why do we need all these Pesukim? When you should travel, like Avram traveled when there was a hunger, when you have somewhere safe to go, when there's food available, go there. When there's something dangerous to go, like over here, by these former Tzoraim who are outside the city, Right? They didn't know if they're going, going to the Goyim is not necessarily going to be safer than dying in hunger. So how do you know that's a proper thing to do? They said, listen, if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go back to the city, we're going to die. We have no choice. We'll go to the Goyim. Maybe we'll live, maybe we won't. So even when it's a question of hunger, do your best to just move. Find somewhere. Maybe some of the, the a nace will happen. Maybe there'll be some sort of salvation one way or the other. When you have this kind of illness in the city, so you shouldn't walk in the middle of the road. Right? So once that when he has Rishus, when there's a so he swings his sword all over the place. So therefore, hide yourself on the side. Go through the back alleyways. I don't know what this means physically or spiritually, but avoid the Malachim But Shalom Be'ir, the opposite though. When there's Shalom in the city and everything is good, then where's the Malachim have Shlita? We know, Malachim have Shlita in the dark places, in the alleyways, then the opposite. Don't go in the alleyways. He, he hides in the, in the hiding places, in the alleyways, in the dark parts. Like we said, don't go to a Churva, etc. So it's the opposite. When there's an illness, go to the when there's no dillness, then stay away from that chorva because that's where the mazikim, etc., hang out. Even to a shul. In those days, the shuls were outside the city. So it's a dangerous place when, when there's no one around. So you should not go to a b'kesses. Whatever that means. That's where he puts his sword. He keeps it over there. So he might be coming back to pick up his stuff. And Chas Roshami can get you there. That's only if it's not also a cheder or for kids. If they're learning Torah over there, then the Torah will protect. You don't have a minion, but if you have a minion, or it's used as a Talmud Torah, then you don't have to worry about it, you can go to a shul. Tanar Klavim boichim, if you hear dogs barking, like just unexpectedly, malachamavas baliyah, normally dogs bark when they see the malachamavas, whatever that means. So dogs are barking, it's a dangerous sign. But klavim is sachakim, but dogs also have the ability to see good. You don't just see bad. If you see dogs are jumping around all excited, then they are navi baliyah. That means something good is happening. There's a brisk going on, something like that. If you see them jumping around because they're, they're in heat, right, and there's a female around, that doesn't mean anything about the navi, that's just the nature of the animal. Here's an interesting story which ties this all together. Yosef Rav Ami Ravasi Kemed Yitzchak Nafcha. Okay, so these two Talmidim were learning by Yitzchak Nafcha. So Mar Amalei Leim Amar Shmaitz. Oh no, let's jump into the sugya. Let's learn the daf. So Mar Amalei No Leim Amar God. The first tell us some stories. I'm not ready to start learning Gemara yet. I want some stories. So they started fighting what the nature of the shear should be. Should, they, should we go an Eon shear or should we have an Agadat shear? So Pasach Leim Agadat. So he said. <coughs> started saying, I got it. They all started booing. Ooh, uh, I want to learn Gemara. 
So pasuk so v'leishavik mar pasuk lemei mashmait. So he started saying the iun shir v'leishavik mar. The other one started screaming, "No, I want to get it to first. So I'll tell you what this is like. He has two wives. He has one young wife and one older wife. The young wife wants him to look young. The older wife wants him to look sophisticated, you know, with the gray beard. So the younger wife picks out all his white hair. Zekena, because she should look younger. Zekena malekat She takes out all of his dark hair because she wants him to look older and sophisticated. He's bald. He has no white hair, he has no black hair. I can't say Ion Shear, I can't say I got it to Shear. What am I going to do? No, he's not referring to you. Ah, takes a going oil here. I'm going to say you a Shear, which includes both Agarata and Halacha. Oh, how are we going to do that like this? Our Pasik says, So, is Mashma, is Me'atzma. It's Mashma went out by itself. And then it says, Shalim is Shalim Hamavir Sabeira. Mavir Sabeira means you lit the fire. So it's like a steer mene ube in the net language of the Pusik. On one hand, it says it happened on its own, right? Which is like a mum and a mazik thing. You didn't do it, something else did it. The other hand, the Pusik calls you a Mavir, someone who lit the fire. So is it you or is it not you? So we can answer this question both from an Agadic perspective and from a Halachic perspective. It's like this. First, the Agadic perspective. It's my responsibility, says to fix the fire that I lit when I burnt down the Beisemik Dish. I lit a fire in Tzion. So Kosh Pochu said the fire came on its own. The punishment they got, the Beisemik Dish burned down. So it was Kiseitzeish, happened Kiilo on its own. But even though it happened, Ke'ilu on its own, Kashbaku said, I'm going to take the responsibility of, of, as Ke'ilu, the one who lit the fire, to fix it back. This is where Rashi, in a few places, when he talks about Mashiach, Rashi always talks about a Besamigdash of Eish coming down. This is that Gemara. So therefore, Kashbaku says, I was the Mavir. Lamaisa, I was my Midas Adin, so I will be responsible to rebuild the Besamigdash of Eish. So that's the Agarita version of that Pasuk. Shmaitza, what's the halachic version of the drasha? Pasa rakasa beniskimamayin. Torah says kiseitzeish, which is mashma. You didn't do it directly; rather, it happened on its own, like a shor, like anything. But here we're talking about fire. V'say beniske gufe, it calls it mavir lemelacha eisha mishum chetzioi. This is the gemara we had earlier. This is the pasuk when it calls it a mavir that we talked about lemaisi. We had a discussion whether it's also mamayin or not. But we definitely said it's definitely mishum chetzioi. What is the nafkamina? The nafkamina is whether you chayv an arba dvarim or not. By an adam a mazik, you chayv a nezik. By mum and a mazik, when your animal does damage, we said you're only chayv and nezik. But if you're eish mishum chetzio, it's no different than shooting a gun or shooting an arrow. That's why it calls you a mavir. It's like you did it directly. You did it. Then not only are you chayv for nezik, you're also going to be chayv tzar ripo yishemus and baishas also. And that's how you dash in this pasuk in a halachic way to teach me that you're considered a mavir. Now we go to another story, which is very, very bizarre. We have two similar stories in, say, in, in the Nach. We have a story in Sefer Shmuel Beis, which is talking over here about David HaMelech. 
And it's the last thing. The end of David Amalek's life. He's saying over his last Navua. And he's going through stories of his life. And he talks about two stories that are interesting. He talks about three Giborim that were helping him out, three advisors, etc. And it says over there in the Pasuk, that one of them was called Lazar ben Daidi ben Achaisi b'shoish gvarim David b'charfam v'yakam ayach plishtim ki yaga yada betidbak yada lacherev v'yatzer shem tshua gedayla. So he made a, a big thing. Then it says v'achav shama ben Oga Harari. He's one of these gibarim. V'yesru plishtim lachayev hitzam chalkas hasodem aleya adoshim. There was a field there that was filled with adoshim lentils of some sort. V'am nasir plishtim people ran away and this shama ben Oga v'yatzer b'techachalka v'yatzila he saved. The field from being destroyed. What was it? A field? A field of Adosh. Hold on. Similar story in Divya Yamam. We know Divya Yamam often has very similar stories to what it has in Malachim over here. Over here, when it talks about that story, it says over here, let's just find it quickly. It says, It says over here, Exact same story, but here the field is filled with barley. Not filled with Adoshim. And he saved everybody, but the story has a detail. It's different. It says he was saved from a field of Sa'irim, not a field of Adoshim. Point number one. Point number two, the next part of the story it talks about is that they went to fight with the Plishtim, and there was three different people there, and it says in the Pesach, Vayesavet David, find it over here, uh, Vayesavet David, David got thirsty, sounds like he was he had a taiva, Vayoymer, Mi Ashkeni Mayim, Mi Barbe Slechem Hashem I really heard, I remember that delicious whiskey we had back at home, I want some water from Beit Lechem, where David was from. Three of these people, doesn't say the same three, three different people, went and attacked through the Machina Plishtim. They snuck through there, got through the lines. They got all the way to Beit Lechem and brought the water. They brought David this water. David said, What are you crazy? You're in to go get me water? I was just like, you know. Remembering home. I wasn't actually saying you should go get me the water. This is a Pashim shot. He poured the water out. What does that mean? And he said, I refuse to drink this water. These people did to go get me the water. These are what these, we're talking about how the nature of these three strong guys are that they risked their lives to go get the water, but David refused to drink the water. What is going on in this story here? And that similar story is repeated again in Devar Yom. So what is the nature over here of these differences between the one part it says a field of Sairim, the other part it says a field of Adoshim, which seems to indicate that that's an icker part of the story. And then we have this whole idea of David wanting water and they brought him water and he refused to drink it. There's something deeper going on over here. So Moran says an amazing shot. What was he asking for? He was not asking for a cup of water. He was asking for Ein Mayim Elatera. How you called some Luchula Mayim? Mayim is always in Tanakh referred to as a Mashal Fatera. Something over here, Halachik, was going on. What was going on? So we're going to have four Pshatim what was going on. Amarava, Amarav Nachman. While they were fighting in the war, they lit a fire and burned down someone's field. And they burned down someone's field, and so they have to pay for the field that they burned. But there was also things hidden in the field. There was things that were tumming in the field. The Shiloh was, the Shiloh that David had when he said, get me a cup of water, is, I want to know, how do we pask it? Do we pask it to Yehuda, that tumming be'esh is chayif? Or do we pask it to Abonah, and tumming be'esh is potter? 
And then they went to Beislechem to the Sanhedrin over there. They got a psak. They brought it back to him. And seemingly he didn't like the psak. Okay, now we'll have to see. The Gemara doesn't say yet exactly what happened. But that seems to be the first understanding. He wanted to know this halacha. They went and got him the halacha. Shot number one. Shot number two. He said what happened was over here, the plishtim were hiding in a field of sa'irim. There's a field of sa'irim, like the Pasuk says in the very Yamim. The plishtim were hiding in there. What was David's question? Am I allowed to burn down the field to save myself from the plishtim, but I'm causing hezek to another person? Tysus learns, of course you're allowed to burn it down. You're at war. The Shiloh was, do you have to pay or not? Rashi's mashup the shadow is not whether you have to pay or not. The shadow was, are you allowed to do it? There is a shita that's brought in some farshim that there is at least a havamina of of v'chaybahem that there's a idea of being moisur nefesh for geneva as well. Such a shita could exist. Maybe this is what's going on here. Taisa says not, but Rashi maybe says yes. So malatzvatz mamon chaver shochulei oser, and they came back in paskin oser lahatzvatz mamon chaver. Really, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to burn that field even to kill the plishtim. Or if you, according to Taisa, you're allowed to burn it down, but you have to pay it back. Aval atamelech. That's by a regular person, but you're a king. And a melech pirates lots this like derech very much other. A king is allowed to do whatever he wants, right? What we call in English eminent domain. You're allowed to knock down a house and build a road there if you need to. So you can burn down the field and you don't have to pay back at all. That's the second shot what the shock of over is. They say, When it says, those two different things is because one was owned by the Plishtim, one was owned by Yisrael. And David HaMelech said like this, Can I burn down or take the Sa'irim I can take the Sa'irim from the Yisrael to feed our animals, their horses, whatever. We see the next, once we conquer the next area, there's a Plishti field with and we'll just replace them. So am I allowed to do that? Am I allowed to go ahead and take from the Yisrael without asking him to pay him back with Adoshim? Am I allowed to do such thing? That was his Shiloh. Shalchuleh, they said to him, no. Chaval Yashiv Rasha, Gzele Yashalim. A person who's called a Rasha, even if he pays back, you're not allowed to take things. Avabish Gzele Mishalim, even though he pays it back, Rashu. So normally you're not allowed to steal to pay back. But, but you're a king, you can do whatever you want. So we have three pshatim over here what the story is. Either it was a question of Tamam Ba'esh, or it was a question of swapping out, uh, of burning down a field to kill the Plishtim, or it was a question of swapping out the Adoshim for the Sa'ir. How does that answer all these pshatim? So Mabishim on the Amarlach, Lufei, that they were swapping the Sa'ir for the Adoshim. Hanukseif Chadkwa, one pasuk says, V'hitam Shalkas Chasadim Malei Adoshim. That's what it says in Shmuel Beis. Uksif Chadkwa V'tisam Chalkas Malei Sa'irim. The other one says Sa'irim. So why does it switch from Sa'irim to Adoshim? Because that was the whole Shaila. Can I take the Sa'irim and replace it with Adoshim? Alamandim and Mikli, there was burning it down. There was he was burning it to kill the plishtim. What do we need the pasuk to tell me what the what the crops were made out of? It was just two separate fields. One was a field of sir, one was a field of adoshim. It's no big kiddush over there. It says that the Gibor stood in the field and he saved the field. Meaning that at the end of the day, even though they passed, David Amalek could burn down the field, David Amalek said, I'm not burning down the field. And he saved the field from being burned down. He was taking one and giving back the other. So when it says, it doesn't mean he saved it from being destroyed. It means he saved it from taking it and replacing it with the other one. Again, even though they passed, David's allowed to, he was machmed and said, I don't want to. 
So either you have two psukim over here, one because they were swapping it, one because they were hiding it. It was a question of Tamun. So why do we need these, these two psukim? Of the Adoshim and of the Sarim. According to this one, it had to be two Shilas. One was a Shila of Tamun, the other was a Shila of either taking the Adoshim or swapping them or, 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 or going to be burning them. So Bishman Yamahani Tarti, Hanindh Sivali, of a David didn't want to drink the water. Isn't when he didn't want to drink the water? Meaning that what happened over here is he even though they passed it, he could burn down the fields, or he could swap the adoshim for the same. He decided to be machmir. He said, I don't want to do it. That's what it means. He didn't want to drink the water. Even though you tell me I'm a melech, I'm allowed to. Lamai said, it's also, I'm not going to do it. They burned down the field already. The shayla was, do you pay or not? So, it already burned down the field. The shayla was, do I have to pay for the tabun? They told him, you don't have to, you do have to. So what does it mean he refused to listen? What does he refuse to listen? says, amazing halacha. The David HaMelech held that these people did something usher. These three gibarim were masakim their nefesh to go through the plishtim lines to get to the bezdan to ask the shayla. You shouldn't do that. You don't have to do that during war. You don't have to go risk your life to go find out what the halach is. That's not the, that's not the way it works. And therefore, David said, when you, well, let's say they, it doesn't say what they paskin. Let's say they paskin Talmud Eishos Potter. Fine. From now on, we'll be Kaveh Talmud Potter. But normally, when three, someone tells you halach, you say it over Bishmai, you can bring Gulalayl. Over here, we're not going to say it in their names. Since they did something wrong to bring us to Salacha, we're not going to say it in their names. Amar Kachmi, Kuplan, Rebbe, Dinesh, Shmuel, Armasi, Kola Moisra, Atzmai, Lama, Sadabi, Terah. Ba'ifen iser, not ba'ifen good. Ba'ifen iser, ain't ayman dabar alachem ishmoi. Okay. What does it mean? Ve'yasachesh shem l'ashem. He said he took the water and he poured it out. So b'shemah ne'mahani ta'atim ishem di'avod l'ashem shemayim. Okay. So he did l'ashem shemayim, meaning that he didn't want to use the, he didn't want to rely on the hetter. Alaman ne'tamim ba'ish ma'vi yasachesh shem l'ashem. What does it mean? Ve'yasachesh shem l'ashem. It really burned down. He didn't want to listen to the halacha. Da'minim ishmoi de gemara. It means that instead of saying it over in their names, he said it over as like a stam gemara. The halacha is the halacha, but you want to save it in their names. So that's the whole idea of these three, these two, two different stories from Divayomim and Shmuel Beis and how we dash in the halacha.